This is a podcast from Rover. Hello there, it's Robert Scotts with episode three of When the Cat's Away, The Reunion. I was lucky enough to spend some time with these four iconic Kiwi women in the lead-up to their reunion show in honour of their bandmates and friend Margaret Ehrlich. From their first meet-up, wondering whether anyone would buy tickets, through to the absolute buzz and energy backstage as the audience filed out of the Auckland Town Hall, grinning from ear to ear. I feel very privileged to have been there, so I can share it with you, because it's as much your story as it is theirs. Here's some of listener Julie's memories. In about 1989, Palmerston North Albert Motor Lodge, they were just just awesome. They were very, 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 um, you know, very Kiwi, but, but, you know, they sort of had that international flair, and it was just a very memorable time um, because we were all sort of young and heading off to university and that sort of thing, and um, they were just what what us... um, young people wanted to hear and see from the rural areas. I hear you. I, I'm pr- pretty sure I was at that show, at that gig at the Albert. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> back in the day. Yeah. I'd got some photos of them kind of leaning down and letting us all join in. Oh, that's um, so with wonderful. The singing. It was fun. It was really neat. It's possible yeah. that we were up against each other at the bar, you know, getting Rhinex and, and wine coolers. Possibly, <laughs> yeah. Possibly. And that there is just one of the hundreds of memories Breeze listeners shared of When the Cat's Away. But what's it like being part of the band? Well, in this episode, I want to share my chat with Kim Willoughby from her humble beginnings in Ponsonby to working with icons like Billy T. James. And, of course, her transition into motherhood. Kim is a a great person, a a ray of sunshine, which was a nice change from the weather outside on that particular day. Hi, matey. Thanks. You right? Yeah, good, good, good. It was hailing when I left the house this morning, but I managed to stay dry. Weather's been horrible, eh? Uh, Yeah, it's been a bit of a day out there today, but, you know, summer is on the way. Fingers crossed. Yeah, we'll keep our fingers crossed, but I don't think we'll hold our breath. Correct. Let's talk about you, right, Kim Willoughby, growing up in Ponsonby, a a creative place. Did that help you find your feet as a performer? It formed who I am. Yeah. Uh, So so I went to Ponsonby Primary School. Yeah. Back then, 1437, (laughs) it was not the place that it is today. No, right. It was quite a different environment. Yeah. Um, but it was very eclectic, very multicultural. Um, at the time, I was one of not many little blonde heads bouncing around yes, the place. You'd have stood out. So, um, so I was very privileged to be in that melting pot environment. Yeah. Um, so I learned waiata. Um, you know, lots of Māori culture, Pacifica influences. I lived in Howe Street um, until my teens, and that had a real influence on, you know, in my formative years, mm. all those characters and the the vibrancy and the, you know, the nitty-gritty of life, and it was pretty real. Yeah, and what music were you listening to? What were you into then? Oh, 
my mother was a big music fan and she loved pretty much everything. Yeah. So, I've, again, I had a very eclectic exposure to lots of different music um, yep. in the house. I listened to the radio a lot. Um, and I just, from a very young age, I just loved songs. Mm. Songs just spoke to me and opened up my child's mind and, and made me think about things and life and, you know, different perspectives. I remember, I can remember the lyrics from songs that I heard on the radio when I was in primary school. I can hear a song today and 99% of the time I can remember 99% of the lyrics. Wow. I've heard this about you, that you've got this memory. Like yeah, that. it's yeah, just the way crazy, my, yeah. don't ask me to do any numbers. <laughs> <laughs> and also know that if you ask me about a number and I tell you a number, just know the number's wrong, okay? <laughs> so funny. Let's talk about The Girls, which was one of your oh. first. I've, I've watched that video of, of, of Out of Bounds. Oh, yeah. Again, and it's a great song. It's very bouncy. And so is the video <laughs> since Stephen's Arcade, right? Yeah. You're all bouncing along with yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> it's very bouncy. Yeah, I had quite a pep in my step. <laughs> you did. And was everyone a girl? Or is there a guy oh, in there? Oh, so everyone was a girl except for our guitarist, Greg Blanchett. Right. I, th I thought I saw a yeah, bloke in there. So, right. So. I was living on the North Shore, and my flatmates and friends were, at the time, unemployed, and they wanted to do something. Yeah. They, you know, we don't want to be, we don't want to be on the dole forever. We don't want to be secretaries. We don't want to sit behind a keyboard yeah, and take enough. orders from someone. What should we do? Let's start a band. Okay, cool. They, um, I don't know why, they must have my love of music must have been apparent. And they mm. said to me, we're starting a band. Do you want to be our guitarist? I said, yeah, sure thing. So I went and bought myself a cheap little guitar. And then um, when I wasn't brilliant within yeah. a few months, yeah. I became quite discouraged. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I said to them, eh, not sure about this. I can play Louie Louie. Wild thing. Three chords. And yeah, and one other song and they're all the same song. Um so yeah, not 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 feeling a hundy about no. you know, this. And they said, Oh, well, you're in the band now. Do you want to be the singer? I said, Yeah, okay. Just like that. Just like that. But Out of Bounds is a great song. I want everyone to go on YouTube and search it. G-U-R-L-Z. Out of Bounds. It, if that had been recorded today, possibly, it could have reached an international market. It's a great pop oh, song. Oh, thank you. It thank really you very is. much. I, it always, when I hear it, it always reminds me of um, a band that was quite popular at the time. And I think the singer's name was Claire Grogan. She had a song called I Could Be Happy. Yeah, uh, and Altered happy, Images. But that's it. That's it. It was quite the zeitgeist for us yes. was was there, but it, yes, you know, um, it never really caught on. But for me, it gave me quite a cool opportunity because the director for that video turned out to be the person who directed Queen City Rocker, mm. and when we did that video, he again must have seen something in my performance or. Yeah. Uh, you know, something about me that he thought would work. 
um, and that's how I that's how I came to um, to have that role. They just asked me if I wanted to do it, which kind of has been a bit of a thread throughout my life. Yeah. You know, I yeah. haven't really, I've never really had the driving ambition or the killer instinct. I've just kind of moseyed along. That's quite delightful. And, yeah, I know. <laughs> quite relaxing, isn't it? Yeah. So you've you've just kind of lucked your way through. With, I think with that talent, would be, with talent. I think oh. that would be a fair yeah. way of putting it. Yeah, just right place, right time, yeah. and then maybe right person, right yeah. place, right time. Um, that's exactly how I got to work with Billy T. James. Yeah. I just happened to be at TVNZ um, practicing some dance moves and – one of the producers or something spotted me and Jay Lingaya. Yeah. We were doing this quite athletic, tumbly dance and grabbed somebody's attention. And next minute they hired me as a singer, dancer, actor, comedian, without even really asking me if I could do any of those things. And in the traditional manner, they asked me, do you want to? And I said, yeah, sure. So cool. And how was working with Billy T. James? Oh, Billy. I loved Billy so yeah. much. Amazing. What a guy. And um, he was a very generous person professionally and, yeah. you know, on a personal level. And I always felt a very familial contact with Billy, yep. like he was an uncle or something. Yeah, we right. had that kind of sort of relationship which was which was lovely yeah because I was quite young then and um, it, I found out later that um, one of the reasons for that might be that my dad was actually in his band for quite some time and toured Australia with him which nobody thought to mention to me and I only found out when I read Billy's autobiography and there was your dad's name yeah no one ever said. Wow. Everything's connected, eh? Oh, absolutely. When did you meet Annie Crummer? I met Annie Crummer, I can't remember the year, because it's a number. Even if I did try to get <laughs> number, it would be the wrong one. Um, around that time. Yeah. And we both did a program called Hui Pacific, which was a TV program. Um, it was a light entertainment program, which you probably remember yes. around the time yes. was very popular. Yeah. You know, we had a lot of that kind we of... We did. 12-bar rhythm and yep, shoes. Yep, that and, kind of thing. And uh, Ray Wolf. Yes. You know, that show was massive. Yes, yes. So there was a lot of that being produced at the time. Yep. And Annie, I'll have to double-check this with her, but from memory, Annie was the in-house backing vocalist yeah um and i was a guest um and so we just happened to be in the same place at the same time and i don't remember the first time we met but i fell in love with her in the first second <laughs> we just something good clicked between us and um it's lasted all these years was it apparent straight away that your voices blended so well because when yes. I, because it, it, it's just like, oh, there it is. You met your person. Yeah. Hey. And that's one of Annie's many, many mega superstar skills. Yeah. You know, she's right up there with that kind of, that's her superpower. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So do some name dropping. You, you toured and you recorded with obviously Netherworld Dancing Toys. Mm -hmm. You're a big part of that first album and the second album as well for them. 
Are you on the second album? I can't remember. <laughs> I think you are. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I sang on so many things you around did? then. I can't possibly remember them all. You know, it was it was a it was a great time. And yeah. Auckland was a wonderful time to be in your twenties yeah. at that time in the eighties. There was a lot going on culturally. It was very exciting. Um, yeah, we had a lot of good times. I mean, it wasn't perfect because yeah. nothing ever is. No. But we did have a lot of fun and a lot of good times. We made a lot of good music um, and shared that with audiences. We've been taking uh, listeners' memories of seeing When the Cat's Away throughout the years, and everyone has such a fondness for you. Um, from your perspective, were there any obsessive fans that you saw again and again? Yes. Oh, oh here we go. I've got there. What, what, please tell. Oh, just you, you just sort of got to know faces that you saw regularly. Yeah. And because we're all friendly people, you yes. sort of just start to say hello to them. And yeah, yeah. You know, they feel like you're their friends, so they call out out to you when they see you, and yes. you know, so you go and say hello. And uh, but. But when um, when the cats away got really really big, that that changed because yeah. it was manic. It was so so full on, and got to the stage where I you know couldn't leave the house without. I mean, everybody was generally really friendly and really mm. nice and really enthusiastic. And I don't think we had trolls back then. That's the thing. Oh, social media, right? Yeah. It's a double-edged sword, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, but it did get quite intense so that you couldn't go anywhere without attracting attention. <laughs> and if you're not naturally um, a very outgoing person or someone who thrives on, on a lot of interaction, it can be quite tiring and quite intrusive. Mm. Um, so for me personally, I, I found the attention... I, I didn't love it, mm. and there were, you know, things like I'd be out or whatever, and and I'd realise that someone wasn't watching me eat my lunch, and I'd just be thinking like, oh, can I just have my burger and fries without you boring <laughs> holes into the side of my head? Would that be okay? But you know, not complaining. It's no. it's part and part and parcel of of the thing. Yeah, and when it ended the first time, you settled down and had had a family. Was that a I nice did. change of pace for you? Yeah. Yeah, so James was born in 1991. Yeah. I always wanted to have a family because, like, you know, music is, it's in my DNA, it's in my heart and my yeah. soul, but it's not the be-all and end-all of life. No. You know, it's, I've, I've been very blessed to have had a full life in other ways as well. Um, you know, being a mother was something I always wanted to do. I'm mm. a mother. I'm a sister. Um, I'm a daughter. My parents have passed away now. Um, uh, I'm a celebrant. You know, there's lots of... And like I say, I've never had that... It's never really been that burning, you know, blinkered focus. Yeah. It's been 
a way of uh, an enrichment in life, but not the whole thing. So I think you're lucky, actually. Thank you. Yeah, I think you're really lucky. Thank you. Yeah, yeah you just, it's I just have, it, it's just happened. I have been yeah. incredibly lucky. Although some people will say you make your own luck. Yeah, but you, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. very, very, very grateful, and I find that the more I practice gratitude, the better life is. Oh, so true. As you get older, you realise that. You know, yeah. I talked about the other day, um, it was my birthday on, on Monday. and I mentioned, Happy birthday oh, to you. Oh, thank you Happy <laughs> birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Robert. Mm-hmm. Happy birthday to you. Thank oh, you. He's a jolly good fellow. <laughs> okay, that's enough. But I mentioned on here that fabulous quote by David Bowie, that age is an extraordinary process, ah, that you become the person yes. you should have been all along. Yes, yes. That's so true, yes, isn't it? Yes. You might collect a few bumps and bruises along the way. Yeah. Because that's life. Yeah. Um, but yes, absolutely. Because I'm far happier than what I was in my 20s. Mm, but a lot, but you as well? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I don't care as much what people yeah. are thinking. Yeah. Oh, how liberating is that? Yeah. It is. It's really good. It is, it is. Yeah. But, but back to you. So oh, yes. We're so talking, James was born yep, in 1991. Yep. And then my twin daughters, he was three when my twin daughters were born. Yes. So I had a toddler and two babies. Right. Which was... Character building, although I don't know how much character one woman needs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I really had my hands full with with my family responsibilities, and yeah. I loved it. I loved being a mother. I yeah. I felt so thankful that I was able to be a stay at home mother. Yeah, and be home with my children because I know so many people don't have the luxury to be able to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, even with both parents working and, and support from whānau and everything, it's yeah. still it can still be very difficult to yeah. make ends meet and have some kind of life. So, I, you know, I grew up, um, my mum was a solo mother, mm. um, and we were poor, you know. I, I didn't have a flash upbringing. Yeah. Um, so to be able to not have to go out and work all the time and be home with my family made me very happy. Mm. And I kind of got it all out of the way at once, which was really good. We had a lot of fun. When the children were little, it was a very, very, very happy time. Mm. And Ian took lots of home videos. Mm. So I have those taonga still, I, you know, if I want to. Um, I can I can watch those and and relive those happy memories mm. and those happy times and all three of my children were so funny and and just gorgeous and cute and they had a really quirky sense of humour and you know it was really good. Just quickly on on Ian Morris, his fingerprints are on so much New Zealand music, aren't mm. they? You know, it's either engineered by Ian Morris or yes. written by, you know, yes. incredible man, eh? Oh, absolutely yeah. amazing person. Yeah. He was such a kind and gentle person too and very um, humble. Yeah. Yeah. And very handsome. Oh. Extremely handsome. Those boys, right? Drop dead gorgeous. Yeah, yeah, both of them. Yeah. You, know, you hear this, Ricky? <laughs> <laughs> Your ears are burning. Ian, so I, I met Ian um, at, the, at the session for... For the Screaming Mimis, they invited me to to guest on their first album on a song called F is for Fear. 
And so I went in and Ian was the engineer and he reckons he took one look at me and said, I'm going to marry that girl. How about that? I was actually going out with somebody else at the time. So he asked me out and I said, I can't go out with you. I've already got a boyfriend. Okay, that's fine. So he asked me again, I can't go out with you, I've got a boyfriend. So this went on for like six months. He's yeah. re- he'd bring me up and say, do you want to go out for dinner with me? Persistence. I, I can't go out with you, I have a boyfriend. Yep. Then the boyfriend and I broke up. Yeah. Next time he rang and said, would you like to go out for dinner with me? I said, I'd love to. <laughs> and that was it. <laughs> yeah. How cool. Yeah. You have lived an amazing life. You're now a celebrant, I understand, is it? You, I am. You're getting some work? Yeah, yeah. Well... COVID has been a bit tricky. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, coming back now, but uh, that was, you know, very difficult for everybody. Yeah, sure, it was. Um, Wore us but, down, eh? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I went grey. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I know, I stopped dyeing my hair. I think I might start again. I didn't realise how grey I am. <laughs> <sighs> it was such a weird time. So at, at weddings, do, do people try and get you to sing Melting Pot? Yeah, come no. On, come on, they don't. No, because I'm very firm with my boundaries these oh, days. Look at you. Good, yeah. Good girl. I know. So I'm there to take the ceremony yeah. and to show everybody a good time, but in a different way. Yeah. And I really love it. It's I love weddings. It's, you know, a happy time and everyone's got their beautiful glad rags on. Yeah, it's a happy time, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. With an yeah. open bar. Yeah. <laughs> Settle. Um, radio. Let's talk about radio. Okay. Martin Good, you went with him for yeah, a while. Yeah. How was radio guy. for you? Yeah, he is. Uh, yeah, it was, it was great. Again, yeah. same thing. I just happened to be there. Uh, so Ian and I moved to Hawke's Bay to Napier in 2000 and number number. Um, <laughs> no, can't remember. Early 2000s, and um, we were both very busy. Yeah. Um, and I, so I was doing gigs with, with local bands and coming up to Auckland to do other gigs and around and about and da 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 da. And then I also opened a little personal styling studio. Oh, right. Um, which was going really, really well. I yeah. loved that as well. I was, you know, that was my Trini and Susanna phase. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I just happened to be at work one day, and this very tall, very friendly-looking man came in and said, "Oh, Kim, can I buy you a coffee?" <laughs> I said, "Sure thing." And and it was Martin Good, and he said, "How would you like to be my co-host?" <laughs> just, just it was yeah. as simple as that, and I was. Kind of like, uh, blink, 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 blink. Um, Radio. Yeah. <laughs> Same thing. Yeah. They asked me to come on board. Yeah. And none of us knew whether I was going to be any good or not. But you did it for a few years. <gasps> yeah. So you must have been all right. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's so It was cool. a pretty steep learning curve. I can imagine. Yeah. yeah. But I'm a fast learner. Yeah. Okay. So um, it was a lot of fun. I learned so much from Martin. What a great guy. Yeah. Mm. What a blessing to be, you good know. Good broadcaster. To be, yeah. Really, really. He's he been around a long time, you yeah. know, so knows his stuff. Yeah. So we've covered great ground here. One last question. Um, uh, how's it going to be for you up on stage October 1st? I assume your kids are going to be there watching. Will they be there? So uh, one of my children, Julia, lives yep. in London. Oh, okay. So she works for the Beatles company. Oh. Apple Corps. Does she So, really? yeah, talking of name dropping, wow, all that's sorts a big of, name to drop. All sorts of people come into the office. Yeah. 
So anyway, um, that's another wow. story. That's a long story. So, Paul McCartney uh, so, comes in, does he? Uh, uh, I don't know if she's seen Paul, but ah. lots of the people around wow. and about come into the office on a regular basis. That's cool. So yeah, so maybe I'll um, I'll get her to ring you, and she can do some really serious name dropping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would love that. Yeah. Um, so James, my son James, will yep. be there with his beautiful partner Tamara. And my daughter Maud and her partner Antalia will be there too. So how's it going to be for you? Oh, it's it's going to be huge. Yeah, it'll be quite something emotionally. Um, it'll be bittersweet because mm. you know it's the first time in a long time that. We've been together, and the band is incredible. The set list is so, so good. Mm. We are polishing some gems for you. Um, But, you know, the the reason that we're there and the fact that Margie will only be with us in spirit and we didn't get a chance to say goodbye to her, Mm. um, you know, is kind of will always be in the back of our minds. So, um, yeah, I'm going to have to try and keep my emotions in check um, and just ride the wave. Have you seen the response online to this show? It's massive. It's huge. Have you had a look? I told myself I wouldn't, and mostly I haven't. It's insane. Wow. Yay! It Yay! It's huge. Oh, you yeah, So this guys. is going to be special, really special. Oh, yay! Thank, Thank you for your you. time, Kim Willoughby. This has oh. been great. A good chat. Thank you, Robert. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks. We'll see you soon. Okay. Cool. Bye. In the next episode of When the Cats Away, the reunion, I'll share my chat with Diane Swan, who took off to London after her time with the band. We'll talk about that, and we'll go right back to her first bands in Whangarei, through to playing with Radiohead and Oasis.